how you guys doing? Good. Good morning to everybody. So you guys look good on the screen. So you guys did a good job. So good job. Thanks for doing that for us. So um, just a joy to have you guys here with us this morning. And uh, tell you what, it's a nice, beautiful, sunny, cold morning, isn't it? And so it's time for fall. I'm excited. I love fall. I love seeing the leaves change and seeing the farmers out harvesting the fields and seeing all that. So I I enjoy that. So I love. My dad grew up in Bloomington, so every Sunday or Saturday, not Saturday, every, usually every weekend or every other weekend, we go see my grandma, and he tells us all about his days growing up on a farm. So it just brings back those memories of being in the car, riding to my grandma's with my dad, and so love the fall time. But my name is Nate Westerfield. I'm the Creative Arts Pastor here. If you don't know who I am this morning, I'm just glad that you're, you're here with us, and thanks for joining us in person and online. Um, Today we're continuing our series, Kingdom First, as Pastor Chase mentioned. Um, We're taking a biblical view in our response to the political atmosphere today and definitely have a strong atmosphere this year, don't we, Uh, in the political climate there. Um, But our goal, and the first week Pastor Chase tackled this, was how to live a selfless life. And then last week, Pastor Dan tackled how we are to take a look at the power of our words, Um, looking at book of James and how we should speak and talk. And today I get to continue on the Kingdom First uh, series and looking at how we should judge or judge not. And so today we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 7. But first I just thought we'd open up with a word of prayer and then we'll dive in. So let's close our, ha- close our eyes, bow our heads and let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, I just pray that as we open up your word, God, that nothing of me be in this. God, that it be all your word, your Holy Spirit working in this place. And God, as we look to what you said on the Sermon on the Mount, God, about judging people, God, that we take from this what we need to learn today, that your spirit just roots it in our hearts and our minds. God, let us leave today changed. Whether it be in our homes, our living rooms, our bedrooms at home or here in the building, God, let us leave changed by your words and the power of your Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise and thanks. Amen. Amen. So over the years, this, this may be like your home, this is how my home has been, but over the years, we've acquired shoes, lots of shoes, right? And so particularly lots of little shoes. And then as my boys grow up, Parker can now wear the same size shoe I wear. And so I'm like, man, but we have shoes. We have box outside in the garage. We have closets full of shoes. We have shoes everywhere. And the reason we haven't always gotten rid of them like we probably should have is because we have three boys and eventually they'll grow into them, right? So we've kept them as long as we can to save money, to make use of the shoes because boys grow quick, kids grow quick, and you never know. It's nice to have them around. Half the time we can't find the other shoe, right? You guys been there before? You find the one, but then somewhere, somehow it magically appears. But our home is full of shoes. And it made me think, as we're talking about this subject of judging, of a statement that you maybe you've heard this. It says, you can't understand someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. And today we're going to take that statement, and I think we're going to really going to apply it to what Jesus said in Matthew 7 about judging, about judging people. That quote really doesn't have an author or a known author to it, but it's a powerful statement. And so as we open up our Bibles, let's look at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to begin there in verse 1. Let's read this together. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your, your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. But let's pause for a minute. Let's read this verse. Let's make sure we read this verse through the lens of love, right? Because Jesus said that we're supposed to love God and love others, right? And so Jesus was on the Sermon on the Mount. This is where Jesus is talking about this. He was referring previous chapters about the Pharisees. So he's talking about them and how we should not judge others. But there's a reminder that we need to look a little bit past this in Matthew 22 as Christians today who've said yes to Jesus that we look at this scripture through the lens of love, okay? Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39 is love God and love others, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, and the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So we have to look at this scripture, Matthew 7, through that lens. So let's look at this together. Let's begin there in verses 1 through 2. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others... You will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's funny, kind of, because I know growing up over the years and having discussions about my faith with people, this is probably one of the best known scriptures throughout the world, whether they're Christian or not, right? Have you been in this discussion before? You'd be talking about something, you bring up a point that's maybe directed at them, and they go, hey, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Has anybody said that to you? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. It seems like everybody knows it. Maybe it's not even a Christian topic. Maybe it's just at work and like, hey, hey, you're a Christian, right? You're not supposed to judge me, right? You're not supposed to judge me. I've encountered that many times growing up that we're not supposed to judge them. But I really don't think that's what Jesus is saying here. It's part of it, but, but there's more to it. There's more that we need to understand. And I think what Jesus is really saying here is that how you judge people is how they're going to judge you, right? How they, how you measure them is going to be measured to you. See, I I wrote it this way, empathy given equals empathy returned, right? See, if we don't walk a mile in their shoes and only judge them for what we see, we fail to empathize with them. We fail at trying to understand where they've been or what pains they've had, what sorrows they've had, what joys they've had. We don't empathize with them, then I don't think we're going to get that empathy in return. We see that already. We see that in our world today, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So I want us to remember this. If we walk a mile in their shoes, it's easier for us to give empathy and for that empathy to be returned. Let me say that again. If we walk a mile in their shoes, it's easier for us to give empathy and for that empathy to be returned. It reminds me of a book um, a couple years, um, some of the staff, when Pastor Bill was here, um, same kind of different of me as me. You guys read that book? It's a book, it's a great book about um, a couple in Texas um, who, um, he's an art dealer, and his wife actually begins helping and serving in uh, uh, inner city ministry to the homeless, and through it, she comes to know Jesus, she comes to know Christ, and she also leads her husband into that same relationship with Jesus, but it's not because of just serving the homeless. It's because of one man they encounter who grew up on a plantation, who grew up as a slave in America, 
who comes to this, this uh, shelter and lives on the streets, and through their interactions with him, not just serving him, but actually becoming and getting to know him, actually walking in his shoes, they build a relationship, they build empathy to understand how they treat him as, you know, rich, middle-class individual families, how they come in and treat the homeless, homeless people. Sometimes we don't treat them the way they need to be treated, right? And they, they get to understand this relationship and build this relationship. And what happens is they're taught just as much in that relationship on how to love people like Jesus did. And it's just a great story, but it gives us a great picture of how we need to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes to really understand where they're coming from. Maybe even two or three or four miles or even more, right? And so that's a great book I recommend to you. There's actually a movie even with it, same kind of different as me. And seeing their relationship and seeing that grow and seeing how God uses that to break their hearts and to give them empathy for each other and to learn that together. Let's keep reading. Matthew 7, verses 3 through 4. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? Now, this one's pretty easy, right? So the plank that Jesus is talking about is actually bigger than this. It's actually bigger than a two by four. More than likely, it was like one of the main trusses or the means beams that held up the house, right? So this is the best thing I could do because I'm not that strong now. Thor over here, he, he can do it, no problem. <laughs> I remember at man camp, I tried to do the, what's that caber toss? Like you called the telephone pole? Yeah, I almost got it, almost, but I didn't quite. But, but this is what Jesus is talking about. Could you imagine having a plank the size of your, in your eye? And what you're trying to do is, you may have got one eye, right? But you're trying to see the speck in your other brother's eye. So Jesus is given this perfect example of what it looks like, how ridiculous it is for you as an individual who has a plank in your own eye to try and remove the speck out of your own brother or sister's eye. It's pretty simple, right, in that regard. But I think it's really easy for us, though. It's really easy for, to, for us to do the opposite, right? It's really easy for us to ignore the plank in our own eye because that speck becomes such an obstacle to us. And I think it comes, becomes an obstacle to us for two reasons. I think the first is this. One, it's easier to focus on your problems. I mean, whoever we're talking about, it's easier to focus on their problems than it is mine, right? It's easier for me to look at you and see what's going on in your life and what's wrong in your life than it is to look at my own life. And number two, it makes me feel better about myself and my insecurities when you look bad or when I see your faults or I see your failures. I think it's really sad because that's a lot of times I know I'm guilty of this. We, we unintentionally, I think sometimes, out of the, 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 the evil in our hearts, we put down other people to make us look good in the eyes of our friends or our family or the people around us. And some of it stems from jealousy. Some of it stands from 
maybe there's a past hurt or maybe there's a, a past failure that you've had with that relationship. There's all these different situations that feed into why we do that, but it's our nature not to really encourage, but what? To tear down. It's easy for us to criticize and not give praise. We see this every day, right? Social media is full of criticism, isn't it? Criticism of both sides of the aisle, all sides of the aisle. Matter of fact, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter, they have all given us all a platform to speak what we feel and what we think. And a lot of times we do so without really thinking about the repercussions. We do so without thinking about the people that we may be hurting. We don't put ourselves in their shoes. We don't walk a mile in their shoes to understand who they are, to grasp what they've been through, what they've endured. We're quick to throw the stones. But again, we have to remember the great commandment, right? Out of Matthew 22 there, love God and love others. See, when we fail to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, it's easier for us to point out their sins and not focus on ours. But again, Jesus gives us a really clear answer in the next verse. Let's keep reading. The fifth verse there. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Reminds me of that song. I can see clearly now, right? The rain is gone, right? That's all Jesus is saying. Say, hey, take this plank. Let's take that sin. Let's take whatever that is, that hurt, that sin, that shame, that fear, that jealousy, whatever it is, let's, let's remove this. Matter of fact, I did. I removed it for you. On the cross, I removed it for you. On the cross where I died, I carried all of these sins and all these shames and all these fears and everything that you've endured, I've carried them on the cross. And all you have to do is say, Lord, help me remove the plank from my eye. Because when we look at the Great Commission, love God, love others, removing the plank from our own eye helps us what? Remove the speck from our brother's. Jesus isn't just saying not to judge, not judge anybody, but there is an element of this that we do have to judge each other. I love what T.D. Jake says. We have to be fruit inspectors, right? You right? The, spirits, the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, right? Those are things that we ought to be judging, fruit inspecting in each other. Those are the specs that we should be looking for that, hey, man, I see this in your life and God needs to, help you? How can I help you? How can I serve you? Do I have that in my eye? Am, is, that, is that how I'm living? Man, check me out. Is there a plank in my eye? Help me pull this out. By the way, there's a great Christian band in the 90s called Plank Eye. They're great. Great band. Um, gee, I wonder where they got their name from, huh? <laughs> but but just, just for us to think for a moment that when we let Jesus remove that from our eye, it gives us a clear perspective on how to help our brothers and sisters, how to love others like Jesus wants us to love them. When we can see clearly, it's easier to navigate that mile in their shoes. It's easier to walk with them. 
It's easier to empathize with them and see their world for what we need to see it as, not as what we want to see it as. I'll tell you what, as I've gone through this, it's, you know, each time we prepare for messages, I'm probably the slowest prepared, and Chase is the best at it, and um, Dan's in the middle, you know, and so, because sometimes I just wrestle with some of these truths. I wrestle with them, not that they don't, they do as well, but when I look at judging people, oh, it's so easy in our world to do it. We all, ha- we all have a platform right in our hands to say and think whatever we feel or need to, need to say. And so we need to be really, really careful on how we utilize these tools. We have people in this room that serve on school boards and serve in the our, our fire and police and city services and other businesses. And you see all the time how much people say one thing or the other against or for. And, and a lot of times they say it without taking into consideration how that may hurt those people who've given their time and their service and their energy. And they've actually sacrifice time with their own families to serve the community, right? Whether we agree with them or not, they have sacrificed for us. And as Christians, it's our job not just to cast stones and to point out their specks in their eyes and we've got a plank on our own, but as Christians, it's important for us to be known by our love. As Jesus said, they will know that You are Christians by your love. And when we judge people constantly over and over and over again, it's hard for them to see that love because all they see is our criticism and our judging. I love that bumper sticker that says, I love your Jesus, but I don't know what happened to your Christians. Because it's a true statement. They see the love and they see that the life and the truth in Jesus, but they don't see that lived out a lot of times by our walks, our faiths, and I'm guilty of that as well. So what do we do? How do we fix this? How do we move forward, right? And I think today what I want us to do in person and online is really just take a second and assess where we're at. And I think the first thing is, is I think we need to repent. I need to repent. Repent of two things. First one is this, have we judged, have I judged people without walking a mile in their shoes? And what I want us to do is raise your hands. Have you, have I judged people without walking a mile in their shoes? Have you done that? I know I have. Have we, have I pointed out other sins and not dealt with our own, my own, with hands raised again? I've done that. I'm guilty of that. You know, in a political world right now, it's crazy, isn't it? It's absolute crazy. I've been through, I was figuring this up. I think, I, I didn't think this is my seventh president since I've been born. I'm 43. I could be wrong. But uh, Reagan, right? I don't know. 77. Who was president in 77? That was the only one I didn't know. Carter. Okay, so eight. There we go. Carter, Reagan, first Bush, 
Clinton, second Bush, right? Obama, and now Trump, and then we got the next one. So that's seven, right? Seven presidents. Now, I didn't really care about politics until probably what? Probably 20, 18, 19, 20 years old. And I'm amazed. There's always been rhetoric, right? There's always been, there's always been cartoons even back when presidents first ran for office of making fun of each other. But with social media, news media, YouTube, and all these different things, it's just, it used to be information that you had to find. You had to go and actually get it. Now, it's being pushed to you every day, pushed to you every day. You do a search in Google, guess what? You do a search for a new refrigerator. Guess what? You go to Facebook and there's ads for refrigerators, right? You do a search in Amazon for a new microwave. You go to Twitter and, hey, there's a pop-up for a new microwave, right? Everything we do is being tracked. Everything we're doing online is known. And they push it to us and they push it to us. And I think one thing that we can do after repenting about this like we did is we can also look to mute the noise in our life that only leads us to cast more judgment. I'm not saying be uninformed, but I do believe that we need to find some ways to mute the noise, social media and news outlets and those things. We need to mute those in some way to keep the garbage from coming into our homes, coming into our heads, coming into our hearts, because then in turn, what? Garbage in, garbage what? Out. We just reproduce the same things over and over again, and we cast judgment after judgment after judgment. So number two, I think we can do this. We love others by empathizing with them. And what I mean by that is we get down in the dirt with them, not just see them, not just write a check and pay for them. Love the, the event we're having with Bob Goff. He's got some great books on how to love others, right? Dream Center does a great job of loving others. Midwest Food Bank, loving others. How do we get in and on the ground with those people to love them? And it's hard, it's dirty. And a lot of times it's not, in our opinions, I think sometimes worth the time because it takes time. It takes sacrifice. It takes work for us to do those things. But like that book, Same Kind of Different as Me, we see life change happen out of that because we stop living for ourselves, like Pastor Chase talked about the first time, and we start living as God wants us to live. We start living for others, to love others as God loved us. And that last point, three, number three, the way we can do this is love others by clearly seeing, making sure there's no plank in our eye, no speck in their eye, and walking together walking together, forward together to see God's goodness done, to see his grace overcome and see his mercy reign. Hmm. Tell you what, it's been hard the last couple months to watch our world with COVID and all this stuff. And it's easy just to turn off the TV and some of these things and just do our part, do the best we can. But you know, at the end of October, we always do a thing called Light the Night for Halloween. And I know throughout the community that I've seen, there's just people that are just so unsure and so hurting. And I tell you what, it's a time for us to give this love back, to be the light. 
And in a world where we're, we're afraid to touch each other, man, I think we all need a big hug. Do you guys agree? The whole world needs a big hug because we've lost a lot of love and we've, gotten, we've gone the other, whole other way. And we've become nothing but judgmental and crit- criticism and just anger. And we need God to come back in and restore peace and to have people just feel loved and be loved by others. So as I close today, let's just keep that in our forefronts. We repented. We're going to commit that we're not going to judge people without walking a mile in their shoes. We're not going to point out sins of other people until we take a good hard look at ourselves first. Then we're going to love others with empathizing with them the best we can. And we're going to love them by clearly seeing. And So as we go from here this morning, let's go with our heads high. Let's look for opportunities to love others, to not cast judgment, to not go the first place like, what happened there? What are they doing? Why are they doing that? No. How can I help them? How can I love them? How can I be the Jesus with skin on for them? How can I be the light in their world? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much for today. God, we just thank you that we have this awesome opportunity to be able to come together and to worship you and to serve you and God to give you praise. Lord, I just ask this morning that as we look, God, to criticize, God, as we look to maybe cast judgment on people, God, help us catch our minds. Help us catch our hearts. Help us catch our tongues, God, as, as, as we're not always good at that. God, help us to break our hearts, God, for people. I love what Andy Stanley said. He said, if your heart doesn't break for people, then maybe Jesus hasn't broken your heart yet. God, break our hearts. As you came in to the city on the donkey, Lord, you just, you saw Israel and you just wept because most of the people didn't know that you'd come. They didn't recognize their own Savior. And so, God, you wept because you loved us so, so much. God, it's so easy to cast judgment. It's so easy to be critical. It's so easy to not look at what's going right and just to, well, I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to make it right. I'm trying to help the system. But God, all the time, a lot of times, it's, it's just us messing up the system even more because we're not focused on the people. We're focused on the problem. And so God, help us to focus on the people because they're, the ones who need you. Every system we make is going to be broken. But God, you, you're not broken. And you are what we have to give people. And God, you take the broken, like I preached last time, God, and 
you make it whole again, you redeem it, God, you use it. And God, no matter what we lack, you got you fill in the gaps every time. And so I just pray that as we go out, God, give us opportunity, give us opportunity to love people because I know I'm tired of living for myself. So easy, so easy to live for ourselves, and there's nothing good that comes of it. So Lord, help us to keep that phrase in our minds. Have I walked a mile in their shoes? And if I haven't, I need to stop. I need to come by them or their side and I say, I wanna walk with you. Help me learn about you. Help me understand your life and where you came from and help me to help you as you help me. to love you, God, and to love them. God, I thank you for the awesome opportunity that you give us each weekend to come together and to sing and learn and grow. But God, it's all about what we do when we leave this place each and every day. And how we love others as you loved us first. I thank you for that opportunity for that gift that you've given us, God. And I just pray and believe that this week and next week we get opportunities to share that with others, to walk a mile in their shoes. Give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen.